Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today we are joined by Lauren Winter, a elder and um, what we like to call our finance guy, informally. Um, and we have Brian Cobley, our youth director. Nice, solid, Brian. And we have Allison Oconey, our community care pastor and our speaker from last Sunday. You're still doing that? <laughs> She's still holding up the heart. I still do my little whatever it is. Well, Allison, you got to cover the fourth week of our Family Values series. And if you guys are following along with the acronym, we are on the last G, correct? We are. L-E-G-G-S. Yes. So give generously. And Allison, thank you for for taking this week because I know not everybody loves to speak about giving at the church. And uh, you did a great job. I know that it's kind of a nervous Sunday at times because no one likes to talk about giving, but I think you took a different approach and it was nice. Yeah, I was uh, about to give it away to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah, and I thought to me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> anyone, anyone, take it. Yeah. Don't don't talk about finances. But the thing is, Jesus talked a lot yeah. about finances, and uh, someone has clocked it at twenty five percent of all the things that he said was about money. Wow. So scripture also says it's important to talk about yeah. money, like teachers do do mm-hmm. the thing. And so I thought to myself, okay, let's get brave and yeah. let's just do it. So it worked out. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And you had talked about a different approach earlier in the week and where you landed um, on Sunday when I got your notes on Saturday. I was I thought both were going to be great messages, but I really liked the route that you took. Because originally you talked about time, treasure, talent, right? That's what you're thinking of? Well, it's a classic, you know, everybody, I mean, it's, it's perfect that Mm -hmm. you would give of your time, your money and whatever gifts you have. Like that's just perfect. But I think people tune out Mm -hmm. when they hear it repetitively. And so I was just hoping that there would be some sort of fresh take on it and that Mm -hmm. people could wake up and pay attention. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you changed it because the sermon I'm Writing Sundays almost. Time, <laughs> treasure, talent. Yeah, three, great, sorry. Teas. It'll be yeah. great, Brian. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and I'm sure no one's going to zone out. Yeah. Not at all. No, no, not at all. I, I, I firmly believe you can handle it. <laughs> so. well, I mean, well, how we're looking this Sunday, I would be shocked if somebody zoned, zoned out. out. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think people shut down when they talk about money for some reason. And so Lauren is a financial planner and or fa- financial advisor, right? Two things, same. Yeah, I'm same. Good. So you're used to talking about money a lot, which is one reason I wanted you to be here because you don't have that kind of wall that goes up when people <laughs> talk about yeah. money. No, my light switch kind of gets turned on. Yeah. <laughs> it was the opposite. Yeah. Well, let's, I'd like before we hop into um, more of your message, Allison, I'd like if we could just talk about why we think that is us at the church have a hard time talking about money and why we get really sensitive of the people that show up on a Sunday when we talk about money. And I was love to throw it to you guys if you have any ideas why that conversation of money in the church, when Jesus talks about it so often, why is it something that we tiptoe around as, as church mm-hmm. workers and we're afraid that you know people will tune out or shut down when we talk about money? Yeah, what do you guys think? 
Do you want, okay, I mean, you I, I, was, I, I saw him raise the mic, so I thought he was going to do it. I you thought actually, you guys were tiptoeing um, already. I, honestly, I, I, if I had to take a huge guess, I think it's because of uh, church background, church history, where it does feel like, you know, majority of the time when you, you know, accidentally come across the, a Christian radio station or you go through, accidentally change the channel to a televangelist, it just seems like that's always what we talk about. So like I'll even say I I, I listen to K Love, but it feels like every other week is the the K Love uh, drive the K Love drive <laughs> yeah and I'm like is, is this just all the time now or is it just random that anytime I turn it on this is happening also God should I be giving to K Love because seems like you're really talking to me but I do think it's it's it never fails that there's there's people who tell you that every time they go to a church it's the money talk and mm. it just you know, coincidence for them, or maybe we are also doing it 25% of the, the time. <laughs> oh, but come on. There's are no we way. Really? There's no way we're doing it. There's no way. Of the we time. are not. But, I yeah, I just, I think just church history, and it seems like people come at that time, and it just yeah. happens at that time. And so it just seems like we always are. See, I think it's, um, I think it's a larger issue than just with the church. Uh, because there are people that are not in church, never darken the door, that still have a shame, they have an embarrassment, and they feel like they don't have control over their finances. Um, I think back to March of 2020 when the world stopped, right? And there was that irrational run on toilet paper, <laughs> right? I remember that. And, and you know, I was talking with a colleague a few months afterwards, just saying like how bizarre that was, and what. And she's really into like the emotional side of decision making, and mm. she shared with me that during that time, everything in life seemed out of control. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't go to the freedoms that you normally did. You were worried about seeing your social circle because there was this invisible disease that you were deathly afraid of contracting, right? I mean, our churches shut down, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, it was a crazy time. And that, as silly as it is, having toilet paper in your pantry was one thing you could control. Until I lost control because I couldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, true. right? So it gave you I mean, some I, security. I remember we had subs yeah. uh, subscribe and save on Amazon, and somehow it still showed up, but I couldn't buy it at the store. So I was pretty happy about that. It was $100 a roll, but there <laughs> yeah. it was. It was worth it. During, during COVID, we did a Price is Right night with our students, and one of the prizes was toilet paper, and it was like everybody wanted it. Like it, was oh. the, it was so weird. I, I, was just thinking, I was just thinking this week about how hard it was to get Purell like mm -hmm. hand sanitizer and I remember just going all over the place because I thought if we have anybody here at Arbor we need to have hand sanitizer mm -hmm. it felt very scary to have you know humans with no alcohol in their hands so mm -hmm. anyhow and so Lauren could you keep going because you were mentioning yeah. like and you said you mentioned embarrassment or shame shame yeah about money yeah yeah, I mean, I think that, unfortunately, and this is me just working in the industry the last 14 years, right? I think that people, for whatever reason, they they just feel unequipped mm. to embark on a financial journey mm. on their own. 
Mm. And it probably goes back to even like grade school. I mean, how many personal finance classes did you guys ever take in high school or even college at that? Right. I mean, unless you have a degree in yeah. finance or economics like I do, you probably never had uh, credits and debits class no. No. on personal accounting mm -hmm. or, hey, this is Albert Einstein's eighth wonder of the world. It's called compounding interest. You got to start <laughs> saving early. Right. Um, I mean, I, I, I did an enrollment meeting for a small dentist office this last week. And uh, we were talking about the rule of seventy-two. Do you guys remember the rule of seventy-two? Mm -hmm. I don't know. This I one. do, but could you? This is like my tell Hayden. Do you know the rule of seventy-two? <laughs> I'm, I'm with Brian. I uh, I know it, but I don't know if you know it. So yeah, 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 so yeah. Could you, yeah. yeah. So hey, let's play a game. Hayden, how old are you? I'm 26. 26. Sorry, 27. I turned 27. 27. Okay. Yeah, you just did so that. full retirement age for you per Social Security is age 67, which is yeah. in 40 years. Mm -hmm. Not to make you start counting down the days to retirement, but there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 72, you take 72, divide it by your interest rate. Okay. That tells you how many years it's going to take for money to double. So easy math for me. Let's say we get exactly 7.2% on your investment. So that means your money will double every 10 years. Wow. Right? Okay. And I bet that you could get better than 7.2 in the next four years, but let's just call it that right now. <laughs> so what that means is that every dollar you invest today mm -hmm. will be worth four. It's going to double four times. Okay? So that's one to four. Or sorry, one to two. Yep. Two to four. Four to eight. Eight to 16. Wow. So you forever, love this. Yeah. I do love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I am. I'm so, tracking with this whole conversation. Yeah. You know, just, just because uh, I'm the... Quote, finance guy. Finance guy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say for every dollar you guys put in your simple IRA account right now, one, it gets matched dollar for dollar up to 3%. Mm -hmm. But secondly, yeah, so actually, actually, let's call it that. It's actually <laughs> for every two for every dollar you put in, it's going to be worth $32. Wow. At age 67, up to 3% of your salary, uh, wow. which is pretty crazy. So yeah. Um, I'm doing and, that. And no, I do not get compensated <laughs> on the retirement plan, but you guys should put money into it as much as you can. This podcast is brought to you by... I know, I was just going to say, sponsored by... By Lauren Winter. Edward Jones. Edward Jones, are you investing? Are you? But here's the thing about money and giving and generosity. Yes. I think that people are nervous to give too much away because they don't mm. know how much to keep. Yeah. Right? So it's like God kind of had said to the Israelites, like, hey, 10%'s a great idea. Let's do that. And so they did that for a while. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people say, oh, that was an Old Testament concept. Yeah. Um, but Jesus actually addresses tithing as mm -hmm. it were like an understood thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. um, but greed and generosity, you know, the the battle between those, I think it's just it's just timeless. It's yeah. been since that, you know, Old Testament, New Testament time. And if you want to get into the conversation of Old Testament versus New Testament, when you look at the church in Acts, right, they were giving well above 10%. They were giving whatever was needed. So I, I understand that conversation, right? Because you look at a lot of the Old Testament laws and you're like, well, I wear polyester, so I guess I'm breaking Old Testament law and <laughs> I eat shellfish, all all these conversations. But then you look at the church. <laughs> Brian, why are you laughing like that? It's just funny. Just keep going. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the church in Acts was giving well above 10%. They were giving whatever the need was. But yeah. I don't know if we can drill into the idea, but there's a lot of things that we as Christ followers kind of miss the mark on, right? Like, 
if you were to stand up on stage, Allison, and you were to give a sermon about prayer, right, there are probably some people in here who feel guilty and say, I'm not praying every day. I'm not praying without ceasing X, Y, and Z. You know, I'm not in my Bible every day. And the amount of uncomfortableness or uncomfort that comes from that conversation does not match the conversation of finances and giving, right? You know, I don't sit in my chair and say, I got to go home and look at how much I'm giving every month with the same shame of like prayer, right? I'm not praying every day. Should I be praying every day? So I, I guess I'm just asking, is there anything else that we can see in the conversation of giving of why it's so uncomfortable compared to a sermon on prayer or a sermon on, you know, are you, do you have quiet time? Do you have, you know, devotional time in your, yeah, if I can, sp- if I can speak personally on this, because it's yeah. uh, just me, not even growing up in the church, but coming later and then trying to figure this out. Yeah, I've I've just heard so many different approaches when it comes to tithing yeah. and giving, to where it almost felt like you almost feel like guilty that you're not as good as them. Yeah. So I mean, I've had, I've had a sermon that's always hit me was back in my home church where a pastor really was transparent about his struggle of tithing, and I'm like, oh, finally somebody's. <laughs> Like yeah. on my on my level there, but he talked about how he used to pay all of his bills mm-hmm. and then tithe, but now he changed it to where that's the first thing he does. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, at, at that point, <laughs> like okay. Yeah. So I've heard I've heard one of, I've heard that I've had people tell me, oh, when you tithe, make sure you, uh, that you you tithe net or not net. And I'm like, okay, like you're really making me check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very specific there. And then I've yeah. heard people say, oh, 10% is the minimum. If you're yeah. not doing the minimum, you're well. not doing it right. I'm like, gosh, dang. Yeah. Like, Give me a checklist. What, yeah, and maybe that's part of it. Right There's just so much info out there, right? Yeah. So many people have different takes on it that that giving has become this ball of confusion in the yes. church, right? And how to do it right. Yeah. And falling into wanting, I mean, your heart wants to be right with the Lord. And yeah. so you're saying like, I don't want to accidentally be disobedient yeah. mm-hmm. and like blow it totally unintentionally. So like, it's easier to give me a checklist, right? And I'll just mm-hmm. go through yeah. it and I'll be like, but the Pharisees seem to like, just get their heart in the wrong place when they did that checklist, checklist. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, which was like, you're doing really great on the tithing thing. You're even getting your herb garden, like (laughs) tithed, right. But you're forgetting the better things of the law, which are justice and mercy and faith. So, um, you know, I just think it's a struggle, but we're, it's okay to be in the tension of that a little bit and to continually be drawing back to the Lord and asking him like, Hey, are we good? Like, can you show me how you want me to Mm -hmm. do the math here? Cause I want to be good with you yeah, and not so that it's a checklist thing. Um, just so that we can forget about it and feel good about ourselves, but more that like our lives are pleasing to him. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't, I don't know, want to fall into something accidentally disobedient or, you know, not his best. So, but it is a struggle. I think giving financially, um, there's something about money and releasing our security and handing it over to him and saying, I trust you to take care of me, even though I'm going to like give you this big pile of gold here. Yeah. (laughs) I I know that you're going to still care for me, Lord. Mm. So I, Lauren, how do you, um, advise people who, um, don't know how much to save and they want to be generous, but they also, I mean, is there some sort of magic rule about giving? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> if, if I'm going to take off my financial planner hat and yeah. put on my Arbor hat, mm. um, you know, I think it was about two years ago was the last time we did a talk on money here. So, you know, we talked about Jesus at 25% and people feel like in, uh, in the church, it's every time they come. But <laughs> I mean, literally, I think it was two years ago yeah. was right. when I, I think I sat right here. Yeah. And and talked about Wait, it on is a it Sunday. a real two years or was it like we forget COVID was a whole year? No, and I think it like, was I think it was October September of of nineteen. Okay, okay. Um, and what I talked about at that point was that the whole goal is to invite the Lord to become a larger part of your life mm-hmm. and to invite Him into places mm-hmm. that maybe He hasn't been the Lord of. Mm. And it's very easy for us to try to white knuckle like what yeah. you were talking about, right? Hoarding the toilet paper, <laughs> but then saying, hey, this is what true submission is. Mm-hmm. This is me saying, Lord, I surrender. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you my all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, that's where I'm going to just veer off from what you said on Sunday. I think it's less important about the number. I think it's more important about that submission and inviting him into that aspect of your life. Mm. I like that a lot. Because, I, I mean, my whole life, I, a whole Christian life, I just felt like it was about a number. And a number that I'm like, I, and it was gross. <laughs> I was, as I was thinking that, I'm like, what's the opposite? Gross. Where people are like, you need to tithe gross. I'm like, that's hard. <laughs> that's mm. really hard to do. Mm. Even as like a broke college student, it's like, you need to give from your gross number. I'm like, well, maybe can I tithe how much I get back in the refund? Like, mm. no. Like, why? <laughs> you don't know if you're getting some back. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my encouragement to you, Brian, is that if I were talking to you back then, mm-hmm. would be, you know, I might have an opinion on this, but I think that's a great thing for you to spend some time talking to Jesus mm. about. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Nobody ever did that for me. <laughs> I really felt like I was hit, yeah. I wasn't able to hit a number that they mm. gave for me. And, and I know that that's a really soft way of, of talking about this. Uh, but one of the great things about being involved in the finances for, gosh, we're, we're five years now, right, um, is that I've got to see the Lord continually show up. And, I, you know, I talked about this stat a couple of weeks ago at the family meeting, but I'm still in awe that our attendance during the summer was down about two-thirds. Mm. But our giving was only down 22%, wow. which is one-fifth, mm-hmm. right? Um, that math doesn't make sense <laughs> in the world, but it's mm-hmm. God's God that's in control on that mm-hmm. one. And, I mean, I'm still – when I was texting you, when I was pulling those numbers, I, I was like, I redid these three times because I didn't believe what I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, f- I feel like that keeps affirming God's mm. plan for Arbor here. You know, yeah. that it's like, I've got you. Like, we're going to pay the bills, mm. you know, watch me. And it's people's faithful uh, generosity that makes that happen. And so anyhow, when I was studying the giving concepts in scripture this last week, it seemed like God definitely inspires that giving. It comes through, um, like it's his kindness and grace that inspires people to give even beyond what would be expected. So, and that to me seemed to be the hallmark of generosity, which is kind of 
I don't know, going above what's expected. And I didn't mean to communicate that it has to be tithe plus that makes generosity happen. Cause some of the sweetest people here who I know you see their envelopes come week after week, after week, after week, they're so mm. faithful. And that looks like generosity to me. And they're just little, little checks that just fishes and loaves. Jesus mm. expands it. But anyhow, so yeah, t uh, money is, Money is sensitive, I think, and yeah. people feel uncomfortable. It's like your dad sitting you down and saying, okay, let's talk about the bills. I always got super anxious <laughs> every time that happened. Mm. Um, dad sat you down and talked to you about the bills? <laughs> oh, well, I always knew it was bill day because he'd be up in his office and have his paperwork out, and there was the tension <laughs> and anxiety in the home was, like, yeah. really big. Mm. So, um, yeah, I kind of have, you know, money phobia a bit. <laughs> I mean, going back to your, your sermon on Sunday, we have apps for that now. I don't even pay any of my bills. It's all automatic. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, right. though, though, though giving, you know, through yeah. your MRI, what a functional MRI yeah. thing, you're, you get a positive thing for giving to food banks or charities. Yeah. Uh, I bet you get a negative one for paying bills. Probably, probably. <laughs> so I just don't think about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> just let the bank app do it for you. Yeah, one thing that was interesting about the functional MRI, they had the the subject who was in the tube got to choose whether or not they gave to the food bank at whatever interval that they felt comfortable. And then they were able to also watch these withdrawals happen, which mimicked taxes. Because, like, mm. we don't determine or choose that taxes are <laughs> taken out. It's like, yeah. it just happens. And um, these automatic withdrawals were going to feed, going to fund the food bank, um, but it didn't evoke the pleasure center for mm. the individual. It, um, But the sad part a little bit was that those automatic withdrawals always totaled far more than the voluntary give giving. Mm. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. I actually had that conversation. So I was driving back from Chelan this morning and Sebastian mm -hmm. was in my car. That's when we were listening. Mm. And I was like, you know, what's so funny about this is you talked about apps doing it automatically to help keep you accountable, which is how Katie and I give. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also talked about this functional MRI, whereas that's where we get the positive... Uh, brain stimulation, whatever you called it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, I am missing that except for three times a year when I get a bonus. Mm -hmm. That's when I go in and, and mm -hmm. physically give. But mm -hmm. my, my monthly giving, mm -hmm. I don't even see it. You don't even so. see it. Yeah. yeah I, um, I don't do automatic um, because of that reason. Because giving to me, is, tithing is actually one of the hardest disciplines mm -hmm. for me of all disciplines because being in the the life position I'm in right now where it's very much paycheck to paycheck where the lifestyle that I'm in tithing is like, I feel that anytime I, I, I tithe, I'm like, gosh, this hurts. I could really use this. Mm. And so the automatic the, to me, I don't know if it's more of a pride thing, but if it was just taken from me, I lose that fight. Like mm. even though like God wins it in the end, like he, he, the, the church gets it, but I lose that. Like, no, this is, this is something I still got to get better at like personally. So, I, I, I right now don't want to do the automatic giving because I see the struggle and the, 
okay, God, I am submitting to this, which, you know, maybe the automatic is maybe the ultimate, like, surrender to me like fine <laughs> just there's no more wrestling yeah there's no I'm, my my hip is not going to get hurt anymore let's just mm. here here you go but yeah that's that's one thing i have yet to to do is sign mm. up for the automatic and maybe i just like the fight it's <laughs> <laughs> good to wrestle um brian you yes, you started looking up um second corinthians eight because that's where allison spent the majority of her sermon in uh yes. scripture wise did you find any nuggets? I know that you were looking. Yeah, not not yet. I do love the love part about this because Allison really hit on uh, love. I think mm-hmm. towards like the the last third of your sermon. Yeah. So like seeing this is like, oh man, like as the chapter eight is entitled on, on the ESV, encourage, encouragement to give generously. And yeah. you just see love throughout all of this that it's it was a, a, a good reminder mm. of, of how... G- Love is a big part of generous mm-hmm. living generously. I like how Paul kept saying, like, or not kept saying, it stood out to me as if he kept repeating it. Yeah. I'm not commanding you to do this. Like, this isn't like the checklist. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I'm looking at some of these other churches here that are impoverished and they're just like pouring out. Mm-hmm. I think that you guys can do it too. Mm-hmm. And I've, I felt convicted that Arbor has been blessed in so many ways. You're, you know, the awesome speakers <laughs> that I talked about <laughs> and, um, you know, your enthusiasm mm-hmm. and there's so many special things about it. However, I want you to rise to this. I want you to give. Mm. And I felt like it was a challenge to participate, but it wasn't like a command like, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to go into timeout or, you know, God's displeased. Mm-hmm. It's like you're missing out on some awesome joy here. Yeah, you're a... Uh your uh money back guarantee yeah <laughs> when did that come along yeah, in the sermon writing process big, uh, i feel like the lord is the one who gives the money back guarantee i mean yeah. he's saying like test me in this mm-hmm. like go ahead and do it so i was like okay lord let's take you at your word and mm-hmm. if people are going to tithe regularly. Like I want their receipts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there will be an audit yeah. <laughs> if they call you for the money back guarantee. Yeah, next October third, I'm going to be sweating it out, man. <laughs> but, but I, I just feel like God is so faithful, and mm. He is not going to put that in Scripture and not mm. back it. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, me, I'm just like standing behind His shadow in a way, you know. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see if anybody needs their money back. But I feel like he's promised to be faithful and Mm. I feel like he's going to do it. And that goes for being generous of spirit as Mm -hmm. well. Um, That is something I'd like also to see the Arbor people pour out is the generosity of spirit. That's, yeah, equal to if not more important. Yeah. I'm curious where that final, you know, the mo- we're calling it the money back guarantee. Where did that come in in the sermon writing process? Was that even when you were going with uh, time, treasure, talent, or was that something that happened later in the week? She thought of it on the stage right there in that yeah. moment. John was really shocked over there. The Holy Spirit just came over me. No, I I knew the walls that people have mm-hmm. regarding money. They're gonna just tune out. I also feel like inadequate as a female speaker sometimes too. Mm. I feel like there are people who say that, um, 
what is it the timber of your voice like female voices aren't as easily um listened to hmm. as males um females don't often have the authority mm. um and you're speaking about money i'm out wow. <laughs> you know? so i thought also people want exemptions and they want guarantees money back mm. guarantees and that's also something that prevents them from hearing a message about generosity mm. so i thought let's just break down all those things yeah um as much as i can yeah so did john know that he did not know <laughs> okay <laughs> How was that car ride home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing he trusts God too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> His prayer life just got really yeah. deep right now. He's like, I loved the message. The last five minutes, not a huge fan, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right. So oh. we'll we'll see next yeah. year. But yeah, I have faith awesome. that God's gonna just show up. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, we're getting close to the end of our time here. So was there anything else that you needed to cut out of your message to to uh, keep it at the half hour ish mark? Probably nothing in particular, mm -hmm. but something that I noted is that finances and the stuff of money could probably be a great series yeah. if people could tolerate it. Mm. Um, because there's so much about like giving to the poor mm. and our obligation. It's not just that we have like a pretty building or that we, um, have well-paid staffers or anything like that or excellent coffee. <laughs> it's like people give to the church so that we can serve the community. Yeah. And, and so anyhow, I, it's part of God's plan, I think, to care for the marginalized mm. and the widows and the orphans. And without the gifts, we're just not as effective. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I I wish that we had a more of an appetite for this mm -hmm. kind of content. Yeah. Because I feel like um, it, it reveals a lot about God's heart. Yeah. Well, and I think what's what's great about the message that you shared on Sunday was I think it it's starting the process of allowing people to think about money sermons, finance sermons about, man, this isn't going to be as brutal or as hard or as uncomfortable as the last ones I've heard maybe at other churches or the ones I heard growing up. So I think that's what's, what's great about this last Sunday was it, it was packaged internally as we were talking about it as the giving finance message, but you walk away from hearing it and saying, yeah, we talked about finances and giving and being generous, but it wasn't, you know, uncomfortable. We weren't all sitting on a hot seat while we were listening <laughs> to it, you know, like, all right, going to go open the BECU app and see what, uh, <laughs> how much came out. So, so I really appreciated that, that I think it, it started a new narrative around giving for a lot of us at the church. So, well, thank you. I, yeah. I hope that what we'll see moving forward is um, not just, you know, I mean, finances are great, but at the outpouring of a generous spirit, mm -hmm. that is what I want us to be known for, oh, yeah. like here. So mm -hmm. time, treasure, talent, or spirit and, mm -hmm. and silver. Yeah. Both and. <laughs> well, do you guys have any other questions for Allison before I wrap things up? Resounding no. All right. Well, 
thank you, Allison, for that message. And uh, thank you for everyone who has watched or listened. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>